I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Anthony D'Alessandro. And this is the Deadline Podcast Hero Nation House of Dragon edition. We'll be chatting up with our special guest today, co-creator Ryan J. Condal and EP Miguel Sapochnik. Now listen, clearly House of Dragons is a huge deal. The first Game of Thrones spinoff to actually hit the air coming on HBO Max on August 21st. You got to listen to this chat we had with the guys. So Ryan, Miguel, thank you so much for being with us. First question I have to ask. And we're not going to give any spoilers to anyone, by the way, as everybody knows who listens to Hero Nation, but we are going to get into some specifics. Guys, House of Dragon is like about to premiere. A lot of expectations about what will be the next chapter in the Game of Thrones saga for HBO and for viewers. Lots of other spinoffs kind of in the mix. Maybe some will happen, some will not. What's that been like for you guys in terms of the pressure? And we're playing a little bit therapist here, but we want to know. Uh fine really i mean you know you can't go and do something like this and expect there to be no pressure so you've got to really be okay with it if you're not okay with it probably shouldn't be doing it i think it's fine honestly it's exciting don't you think look i think it's really exciting because i think you know i think prequel sequel spinoff whatever you want to do i think there's a huge appetite for game of thrones i think it's a it's a win-win for hbo Clearly, enough time has passed that it doesn't feel like it's just sort of feasting off the, the carcass of the past one. But, you know, one potential spinoff did go, go south, pardon the pun. It um, could you know, go horribly wrong. <laughs> or it could all go horribly right. It could all go horribly wrong. So for you guys, I mean, because I know, I know, like with David and Debbie, when they were doing it, there were issues. Of, we all know the famous story of the pilot that had to be redone, et cetera, et cetera. For you guys. We're the first, the first Game of Thrones show that hasn't had to reshoot its pilot. How about that? that? That's a good foot to start off on. All right. So clearly you guys are feeling a little bit of swagger. <laughs> I don't know. We're feeling very tired. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I think the pressure was always day to day. It was, it was, I think for me, I, I, I don't know if it's the same for Miguel. The pressure was always finishing the task in front of you, finishing the, the draft of the script. Uh, you know, getting getting through that day of shooting, uh, getting, uh, getting getting the actor around uh, whatever issue they were having with uh, the script or the story or the blocking that day. It's it, there. There are a thousand issues that 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 come that you know, that come your way as you're making the show. And I think I I think there were certainly times when you would step back and think about the bigger picture. But I think it's so uh, it's so chaotic, particularly shooting the show during COVID that um, I think we were always just trying to get through the day in front of us. And the reality is after the first episode airs, we still have another six weeks of post to do. So right. it's not going to be done even when the show's actually on the air. So I think, I think after that, there'll probably be some relief. So guys, what was the response from HBO? Like what determined that your pilot would go forward? Did they sit in the screening room and anecdotally just say, Hey, this works. The pace no, of this is fine. We, we, we were we were very very lucky. We were announced a week before we were told we're going straight to series. So we never really had the do the pilot and then we'll see. We had, I mean, we did have a brief, but it was a very brief moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember we we went, had lunch with Casey and then went and had a different lunch with uh, uh, Bob Greenblatt, and then the next day we were told you're going straight to series. And that was that. So I don't know what the machinations were of that, but it was, it really removed like, that thing. They like the script. 
pretty yeah they like the, yeah. they like the script well like, let's mm. talk about that because i was at the investor day or the unveiling day when it happened and you know there were various social bob greenblatt showed up suddenly sitting on the iron throne and things got shown really? and whatever but the reality is is unlike the mother show you guys are working from a much different palette you know um it's based on parts of george george rr R. martin's fire and blood which as a fan of the books, I'll tell you, it reads a little bit more like a textbook than a novel in some ways. There's a lot of, as they would say in the Bible, begatting. Give us a sense about the transformation from that, from both your points of view, the, the visual, the narrative, and as co-showrunners, that transformation to bringing that to the screen. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an incredible challenge uh, in terms of an adaptation, but I think I think a fun one, just as a um, as a screenwriter who's done a lot of these over the course of my career, comics, comic books, and books, and remakes, and sequels, and things like that. Um, George wrote the Fire and Blood, as you said, as a as, I think he would call it a, a history book versus a textbook, but uh, he wrote it as a fake history, and it, it it's written from multiple different points of view. Um, there's there's another. Uh, 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 imaginary character named Archmaster Gildane that's sifting through these primary sources trying to figure out what actually happened. And it presents a lot of a, a big chance for a lot of invention. And, and for us as the as the as the you know the, the filmmakers to go through it and figure out what what's the actual story that we want to tell. Because we we set up from the very beginning, we are going to tell the objective truth here. We're not going to play well, I mean one of the things when I read the book it reminded me and and, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is true George it kind of reminded me of Suetonius as the 12 Caesars is it was telling a story of a time, but it was telling it through vignettes of a kind and and like, and and you know, X amount of grain was found that year and brought in through the yeah. aqueducts, which et cetera, et cetera. What, how for you, both Ryan and, and you know, I love the work that you did with, I, I mentioned it before with Carlton when you guys did Colony together, very difficult story to, 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 to break here, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely it was definitely a challenge. George, it's funny uh, you mentioned the Twelve Caesars. George always talked about I Claudius, the the nineteen seventies BBC production, and which the, is what which is based on the Twelve Caesars. Yeah, which which is which is uh, always fascinated me, and I went back and watched a bunch of it. And it's so funny to see it because you can see the, the sets wobbling at, at certain points. But it was it was it was based on the strength of the storytelling and the writing, and I think I think we went in and laid it out like a historical roadmap and then found our way through the, you know, what, what's the, what's the history as we see it having happened? What's what's, which is the history that, that we, which version of this history do we think actually happened and then laid it out. And then, and then you, there's, there's a tremendous amount of, uh, of invention and latitude that you have between those points, because you're really just trying to connect these events together and, and create a cohesive story over time. So it was certainly, it was certainly a, a, a brain bender and, and very challenging at times, but um, but I think I, I think it was fun in the latitude that it, that it gave us because you can at once create a very faithful adaptation, but still have a ton of room to to play as uh, as uh, uh, writer and director on the other side of it. And it's like the Titanic, really. I mean, basically, you know, it's going to sink, right? But the question is the how and the why's uh, is is up for grabs, and 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 that's a that's an interesting challenge. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. 
So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Ryan, you were talking at Comic-Con how you met George. You know, you you have the same age, you have the same agent. You had dinner with him in, in New Mexico. But were you looking to get on to Fire and Blood at that time? Like, can you guys talk about getting yeah. getting attached to George and getting him on board with your vision? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, we uh, uh, Fire and Blood didn't exist in that time. And in fact, I don't think this is going back nine years now. So I don't I don't think he had written much about the Targaryen history. If, if he had, there were notes. He had not published anything yet. Um, but, uh, I just, I just went in as a fan. I, I'm, I, I love, uh, him and his work and those books have had a huge impact on me, both as a fan of science fiction and fantasy, and also as a writer. And I just knew I was going to be living in his backyard for, for two months, uh, in Santa Fe. So I just wanted to look him up and, uh, and get to know him. And we, we hit it off and we became friendly and, and over this kind of organic relationship form, and he got to know me and got to know my writing and the fact that I had, I had really adored his books. So when it came around to the to the to the time where HBO was looking for spinoff writers and they were uh, they were they were trying a lot of things with many different writers, George really wanted somebody that knew his books very well, and that's why he that's why which he is, which is what he did in the first one. I mean, he, he did you know, the famous story of giving the guys the test. Correct. Correct. Miguel Ryan talks about his experience with George. Of course, you come at this as a vet, you know, an Emmy winning vet, I might add, of the original Game of Thrones. We want to get a sense from you guys as we wrap up, and we really appreciate you giving us some time today because, you know, House of the Dragon is burning up, my man. What was it like, the two of you coming together to work as collaborators? What do you each think, if you can tell us, was the strength that you brought to the relationship and that you thought the other brought? I think we had been working together on other stuff for a while, so uh, uh, I'd been a fan of Ryan's writing. He'd been a fan of my directing. We'd worked together on a project called Infinite Horizon, just based on a graphic novel. We, we we were in the process. I think we set up. We sat. We set up Conan, didn't we? I can't remember. We did remember at that. Amazon. Yeah, at Amazon. So we had been doing stuff together. Uh, I had pitched Ryan to HBO as one of the potential writers for a spinoff because they had asked me to attach to various different spinoffs. Um, uh, uh, I knew George only through actually, literally, I'd only ever met him at the Emmys. That was the one time that I met him. Um, and um, uh, and so uh, the whole thing of us kind of ending up working together and doing this seems a fairly kind of logical conclusion, uh, uh, and it and it and it made sense because I was attaching to spin-offs that I would that were interesting, but in the end, you could see that. HBO were looking for anything but Game of Thrones and actually Game of Thrones is what people want and so this seemed like the best bet to move forward yeah I mean I I uh I found I found Miguel uh sort of organically also through through uh through our mutual agents and I was a huge fan of his work on uh, on Game of Thrones and I had seen a, I had seen a bunch of his other work and also we had oddly circled each other at different times I remember his name from uh, the the list of directors on 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 on, on the six gun. I, he pitched on Hercules, my the the uh, my movie that was eventually made by Brett Ratner with uh, with The Rock. So it, it just our 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 spiritual paths kept crossing, and um, and and finally our agent uh, Teresa had put us together and just said you guys are going to hit it off, and and we really did. And and um, you know I I spoke about Game of Thrones at the time he was working uh he was he was working on pitching the conan movie that they were trying to do with 
Arnold as you know doing the unforgiven version of Conan and uh, that fascinated me and then that that movie didn't come together for anybody and then we I said well what if we did it as a TV series so we developed this thing organically so even though we hadn't made anything together we had been you know developing together for uh, you know a good period of time before um before this came together and this this was just the planets aligning well my friends the planet had the planets have a line the seven kingdoms are back there are dragons there are fair-haired people whose stories we are learning even more about <laughs> and there's you know there's westeros so <laughs> we appreciate it you guys being with us house of dragons debuts on hbo on august anthony fire <laughs> 21st August 21st thank you very much guys for joining us we really appreciate it be well thank, thank you guys you. Bye -bye. Bye. all right well there you have it now remember first game of thrones spinoff house of the dragon is going to be on hbo hbo max on august 21st tons of you are going to listen and we know that tons of you are going to watch it we know that there's going to be more spinoffs coming so we're going to have more of these conversations but thank you for listening to this conversation today and this episode of the Deadline Podcast Hero Nation. Make sure, if you don't already, that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss a single episode of Hero Nation. And of course, you can find all of our breaking news coverage of TV, film, business, and everything affecting our industry at Deadline.com. And of course, that means the prolific work of Mr. George R.R. R. Martin as well. Take care. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.